Upworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, everybody. This is Upworthy Weekly, and my name is Todd Perry. With me is the wonderful Allison Rosen. Hello. Oh, okay. Deep breath. Allison and I have had a lot of technical difficulties today, and on oh top of God. that, a lot of personal difficulties that we've tried to weave into our recording session. But through the magic of Upworthy, I feel we can both be transformed and be able to do a great show. Let the stress just float away. I am just in with the good, out with the bad. It has really been a morning, though. My word. Okay. My God. It's like the forces were conspiring, Todd, to prevent us from bringing them the good news that they need, but we're not going to let that happen. We would never. You know what I think? I think that there is some rival good news. Yes. uh, Gang. Good news. Gang. Yeah, some rival good news gang that was... (laughs) (laughs) thwarting us this morning has been slowly messing with us to screw up our day like i'm looking at you good news network i'm looking at you you guys over there hey tanks good news i've got my Mm -hmm. eye on you and you guys might be sending gremlins into our recording equipment you put some gremlins into my uh my printer ink you stole my wife's ID earlier today. Yeah. You also made sure that when my wife and kid went to go to Knott's Berry Farm today that their passes were no longer working and were canceled. Okay? You've done everything. And you know what? It's time to stop because I'm summoning the power of Joseph R. Upworthy mm-hmm. to protect us and shield us and allow us to make a great show. You in, Allison? I'm in. And also... um, Remember John Krasinski for a period of time was doing good news? He's not anymore. Uh. But I think that he still might have been involved in, and I don't even know exactly what happened to one of my USB ports. But whatever it was, I suspect John Krasinski's behind it. And then also whoever scheduled my husband on a call at the exact time that I needed him to help me with an adapter because the first way I, like, I bought an expensive microphone. Did John Krasinski make sure that it was about to go obsolete moments before I needed to use it when it's worked every single other time except for today I suspect he did and then did he also put my husband on a call right when I needed him to help me with an adapter I think so but we're not going to stand for it no we're not because we're Upworthy Weekly and you can't put us asunder so easily no you can't (sighs) on today's show we're going to talk about the best the most engaging the most good vibey stories that Upworthy did uh, from the week of, for this week, which is from uh, June 19th to the 24th. And now, Allison Rosen, why don't you kick us off yes. with some, some fun stuff so we can just let this jive out. Just to shake off all of our technical difficulties and the knowledge that a rival gang is trying to murder us. It's a lot. Because it's but. gone. Because they're trying to not only destroy our electronics, I think they're trying to destroy us personally. But you know what? I, I'm sorry. I just, I just spent time thinking about it and we're trying to move on. Okay. Listen, Todd, <laughs> uh, you and I, we've talked a lot about how we're young whippersnappers with our ear to the ground, our finger on the pulse. Mm. We know what's hip. I mean, 
you just went to your kid's school and you played Taylor Swift. That's yeah. how hip you are. I played a hit song from eight years ago that I didn't even know when it came out. Never mind that you also went to the Pantages to listen to Bob Dylan and then made a new friend at a bar and you went to see what's left of the Grateful Dead Mm -hmm. and stuff. But I mean, you're hip. But also we remember what life was like, sort of, before the internet. Uh, There was recently a story in Upworthy. 25 people old enough to remember life before the internet share what they miss most. People old enough to remember life pre-internet. What are some less obvious things you miss about that time? And this is from an Ask Reddit forum. Uh, That was the question that someone posed. And uh, there were a lot of responses. Here are some that we liked. Someone named AU Savage 77, to which I say, is this like a savage Australian? Is this like gold savage? It could be either. Uh, not being accessible to my boss 14 hours a day. I think we can all relate to that. Yes. Uh, Naked Kitty Alucard says, leaving home and just being gone for the day. No cell phones. If there were cameras, it was really different. There was no social media to preoccupy the mind. Whoever you were with was who you were with. Yes. Now I'm never with the people I'm with. I'm with strangers on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you could be with your two children and husband, but instead there's little Allison just typing away, just Twittering away. I know. Sometimes I think, why? Why am I doing this? Oh, well. Uh, Okay. Wait, you ever ever look at Twitter and go, I wonder what's on Twitter? Like, you're scrolling through it, and then you go, this is boring. I'm going to go look at Twitter. And then I go, I am looking at Twitter. Yes. No, I, I do something very similar to that, which is I close Twitter and immediately open Twitter. (laughs) Like in my opening and closing of apps, I close it and immediately open it. Like as if I wasn't just there. That's how much on autopilot I am when I'm scrolling and clicking. And it's just like rote. Uh, Two more lamb behunas says, I miss having an attention span of more than three seconds. I believe that's what I was just talking about. Uh, Drum wife. I don't remember. (laughs) <laughs> uh, misses the news only being on at 6 p.m. That was it. When you saw breaking news on the screen, you knew some serious stuff went down. Uh, and then BJ Browntown 69. <laughs> uh, the, dig- the, the, the dignified BJ Browntown 69 says, people just stopping by your house. You would just be sitting there drinking beer or scratching your but, which is not the word he used, and boom, someone's at the door. I don't know that I missed that, but maybe I'm in the minority. And then Lucifer I, well, wait, says... Real quick, I, I had a buddy, and let, let's say that nobody answered the door. He, mm-hmm. he, he liked to do what's called throw change at my window while I'm sleeping. Oh, oh, wow. Hey, do you miss those good old days? You know, since we got the internet, it doesn't happen anymore. Right, right. Lucifer says, when you bought new music, you just had to hope it was good. The single might be popular, but otherwise, unless someone had it, you just bought it and hoped for the best. I was remembering those listening stations at the records or the, at the CD store or record store. Remember mm. those? I remember my buddy, we were on the Third Street Promenade in Santa Monica, and I think this was probably about 1995, 1996. And we were in, I think it was Moby Disc was the store. Uh-huh. And you had the listing station, so I was telling him, I was like, 
oh, you got to listen to this new album by Pulp. This is a great, this is a great <laughs> record. You know, hip. Hey, th- it, that was the year. You know, I'm not just being an old man. And he was like, okay. And he puts the earphones on and he turns it up really loud. And then I'm standing right next to him and I just hear him go, Pulp sucks! <laughs> and because he had the headphones on, he was like screaming his head off. Oh, and I'm boy. like, tapping him on the shoulder, bro, bro. I'm right here. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. It was a simpler time. What do you miss about those days? I miss the fact that I think things felt like they mattered pre like social media, pre internet days, and now everything seems like it's kind of ephemeral. Mm-hmm. Like something happens and it happens online and then everybody comes up and everybody talks about it and everybody, you know, uh, at Upworthy we do a story about it and the whole thing happens and it's like poof, it's gone and everybody's on to the next thing and it's like that never happened. But I feel right. like if things were more, I don't know, physical in nature, then they, that they would last longer. Like even like negative things, like I wrote something and then some people got mad at me. So... What was their recourse is they yelled at me on Twitter about it. And I feel like back in the day, that wouldn't have happened. Like people might have actually like wrote a letter or it would have been, and which I think is a little more, I don't know, important when you get a letter telling you you're a terrible person versus a tweet. <laughs> but because it happened on Twitter, it didn't really happen. You know, it goes mm-hmm. back to the, the Dave Chappelle line, because Twitter is not a real place. So right. I can kind of choose to regard or disregard things that come through me through that channel being real, or I can engage with them. Like if someone's writing something nice about me, uh, then it's a little less ephemeral. But it just seems like everything in general is more disposable and that people's opinions they share because they're anonymous and they're online and that's the channel we all do it through, that they Mm -hmm. are less important. Um, And then just when it comes to things, again, we're talking like music. When I went and I spent $17 at Moby Disc to buy a CD, I sat and I last listened to the record till I liked it. You know, this time, ah, oh, two spins on Spotify, not my jam, and I'm over it. And I think you miss out on stuff because sometimes it takes you a bunch of listens to, to really le- live with a piece of art. Mm-hmm. I um, agree. But yeah, and I think that, you know, TV is meant to be binged watch now. It's like, just get through as much of it as possible and I'm like, consume content, rinse, repeat. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope that things like this show that we do or whatever goes on in the world of podcasting has a feeling of, you know, not just being ephemeral, washing away. But it's like maybe if people bought a disc of the podcast, they'd probably listen to it more closely than if it was just dumped into their phone like that U2 record, you know. I hope that people rip copies of our show and keep them forever and put them on a DVD-ROM. Do they make those anymore? No. Um, I also, and one of the things I enjoyed actually the other day was when I went to go see Bob Dylan is he did the thing where you walk in and you put your phone in a locked pouch. Oh, yeah. Have you done this? No, I haven't. I've only heard about it. Yeah, so I guess Bob didn't want to be filmed. And then maybe he didn't want people to feel distracted. Like, oh, I just saw Bob deposted on social media. So like the whole time you couldn't, you know, there wasn't, some guy filming in front of me the whole time, which was kind of nice because that's distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't get all the phones coming out when he sang when I paint my masterpiece. You know, everybody would just like enjoy it in the moment. And then also, I didn't have that like, bzz, got an email. Right. Bzz, like, I, well, I now, was, 
Sorry, go ahead. I wasn't constantly being distracted by the phone because it was just underneath my seat. Oh, I see. So, well, my question was going to be, but like, what about the parents who might be worried? Because my thing is always, I don't want to have my phone with me. However, what if there's an emergency? And then I get a text and it's like, this was definitely not an emergency. So what you're saying is, because I'm not familiar with this, you're saying you have your phone with you, but it's in a pouch? Yes. So it's like somebody took like, I don't know, like, I don't know, the little cigarette case my grandma used to have in the 80s. Like a little thing. Remember the old ladies would have those? So Sure. Sweet. Like, yeah. When they'd smoke Cute. in front of me when I was five. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's like that. And then it clasps on top, much like a little cigarette case. And then uh-huh. you can't open it and then you just put it beneath your seat. But if for some reason, maybe you feel your phone's vibrating a lot or something, you could go to the people in the front and they'll unlock it. But I see. I'm sorry. So at the end, every single person, they have to unlock all their pouches? Yeah, but it's just or is like it a, on a timer? It's just like a magnet. So you just walk through and they... Like, when, when they have How those, cool! Yeah, when they have those tags, you know, at, I don't know, Walmart, so you don't like rip off a bathing suit top that they clasp on there? Yes, sure. It's like Got that, it. but on your phone. See, I would feel I would begin to feel a sensation akin to claustrophobia for my phone. Like as if I am the phone. Fo- like, get me out of this little pouch. Oh my God. I wouldn't be able to focus on where have all the flowers gone? Cause I would need my phone. Bob Dylan did not sing where have all the flowers gone. Yeah, I know that I think it's Joan Baez, right? But I oh. have I know that uh I know that my dad had a record of him performing that song. Anything that you miss from the pre-internet days, Allison? Two things. I agree with you that it was easier to be in the moment back then. It was easier for me to be in the moment. I just think now there's so many things fighting for your attention. And some of that is being an adult. But a lot of it is all the media that's like right in front of you. And... You know, I will come across uh, an article on my phone that's long, uh, a long read, as they call Mm. them. And I'll think, I really want to read that. And then I'll be like, but there's also six other things that I could read. So I'm just going to save it to one of my many apps, which is like saves long things I want to read. And I never read them. I just save them. And then it's like I can't prioritize which thing I should devote my attention to. And it's just like it's kind of a ridiculous way that I'm spending my time. So I don't love that. And then also, I, lo- I do love the convenience of having so much information readily available from my home. That being said, there was something that I enjoyed about going to the library, quote unquote, to do research as a student. Um, there was, you, I don't know, there was... It, was it your own research, what? Allison, usually? <laughs> I was doing my own research. Mm-hmm. It also, though, I mean... There's pluses and minuses because, like I said, it really is more convenient now to be able to do so much of it at home. But there was just something, especially like as a as a as a young person, there was something fun about that process, about the discovery of information at a library. Yeah. And I I kind of miss the mall. Like it's 
interesting recently my son had a thing he had to go to it like the the mall in redondo beach like the one i grew up going to it was like a third of the stores were closed down a third of them were just like weird laser tag places and the other third was like shoes and and there was like it was really sad and it was kind of empty and i remembered when it was vibrant and there was a merry-go-round uh, i mean merry-go-round the very stylish clothing store but you know and <laughs> Sam Goody, and then, you know, you'd have your uh, bookstore, you had your Walton's books or whatever, and then you'd just sit and look at books and go through all the magazines and go to the clothes store. And, like, people don't, like, shop anymore. But it was like a town center where you saw everybody. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I think that idea is kind of waning a bit, which is which is sad. But it was it was really weird. It was like, man, people people should do a photo journal of the dying malls of America. Yes. I think it's called Facebook. Upworthy Weekly. Now, this was a massive hit this week. Uh, the uh, headline... Oh, and it was written by me. How well, do what you, do you know? Whoa, whoa. Uh, how do you end a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? 19 people share their tricks. How do you end a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? Well, first of all, there's many reasons why some people talk excessively. Therapist F. Diane Barth writes in Psychology Today that some people talk excessively because they don't have the ability to process complex auditory signals, so they ramble on without recognizing the subtle cues that others are sending. It could also just be ego and someone who thinks they're the most interesting person in the conversation, and for other people, it could be the sign of a disorder. So what do we do when we're stuck in a situation where someone just keeps talking? A Reddit user by the name of Spritty33 asked for some advice about how to, quote, politely end a conversation with a person who won't stop talking. And they got some very practical and also some funny advice. And one person said this, it was kind of anti-advice, but it was, if they keep talking over polite cues, I've found that there really isn't a polite way to exit the conversation. I think that's true. Yeah, because if they don't get my polite cues, they've seen the same polite cues used by other people. Right. And at a certain point when people keep really rambling, you start using the basic obvious cues, not just the polite ones like, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm back it up. I'm Homer going <laughs> to the hedge. And they still keep going. Yeah. Uh, they're not hearing nuance or even uh, whatever stronger than nuance. They're not picking up hints or cues. One human being that I love who is guilty of this is uh, my gardener, Sergio. Mm. I love him. I've, he's work, worked with us and works with our family members for like 12 years. And I always know when it's time for me to hand over the check. And again, he's a lovely guy. But I just know it's going to take way too long for me to get out yes. of the conversation. So... Uh, it's usually right when I'm working, too. So I, I stop work. I go out to give Sergio's check. Hey, Sergio, how you doing? And um, it's always funny. Is he's, you wear a mask, which is good, because I guess he, he got COVID at a certain point. You wear a mask. But when he starts talking to you, he take the mask down. Oh, no. No, no, yeah. no. Uh, that's like those people who they, they'll take the mask down to cough or sneeze. You're like, no, no. That's not, that's not why we're wearing the mask. Oh, boy. Right. But it's Sergio. Hey, you go, how's it going, Todd? Ah, just working, you know, throwing it out there, just working right now. Oh, you know, and then he's just, oh, you know, you know, 
Earlier today, I was in uh, Bellflower. I cut the grass, uh, put down the seed, the marathon seed. You know, the good, the good, good grass seed. Like, yeah, got it, Sergio. Right on. And then to uh, that, I go. I oh go God. To, go to Paramount, and then I'm like, I already want out of this conversation. Then I, uh, I cut the grass, I put the the, the seed. Uh, you know what? Say okay, right on, Sergio. Cool. And then you know, maybe later today, I'm gonna go to Paramount and. Uh, <laughs> cut, cut the grass <laughs> so that I sit there and I'm I'm not trying to be rude but at a certain point if I was sitting him and I stopped and said hey look Sergio guess what I was doing I was writing for Upworthy and then uh, I think later today I'm gonna write some more words for Upworthy and then <laughs> gonna write some more you know he just does the same thing in different locations and I'm not m- knocking the guy or the way he makes a living he, he does a great job at what he does but it's always like oh no I'm, I, I, I got, gotta go Serge gotta go hey, great mm-hmm. see you next week right you know? And uh, that, that's always a, a tough one. Uh, a person who was a therapist had a good point. She said, what you do is recap their last story and in the same breath, add a goodbye. So you cut the grass in Paramount, Bellflower, uh, Compton, and Long Beach and uh, put down some grass seed? Yes. All right. Great job, Sergio. And uh, press on, right? You would feel rude doing that, though. Yes, I would. I would really, really feel rude, yes. Um, Somebody else said, as a teacher, I've learned how to interrupt people who do not leave any pauses when they're speaking. I start nodding and verbally agreeing with them. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You can't interrupt these people, but you can start agreeing while they speak and then raise your voice and say, yeah, well, excuse me, but I gotta go. Huh. Yeah. I mean, all these things, I feel like you just have to bite the bullet and accept that you're going to be rude. I know, or you're going to feel rude in doing it. I don't know that they'll perceive it as rude. That's because I don't think that they are paying attention. I don't think that they're using the same, like, um, the same rule book of, of, uh, social behavior that we are, because if they were, they wouldn't be as like long-winded as they are. Um, I know that I have a friend and I really like him, but I find that I get stuck in these very long conversations with him because he doesn't notice when I'm trying to wrap it up. Um, We do a podcast together every Saturday. It is about, no, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) But I will, like I will feel it's mostly on the phone. It's been years since I've talked to him, but like I'll feel guilty that I am so bored and I want to get off the phone and I'll try to conceal that by following up on like whatever he says. Then I'll be like, "Uh uh-huh. Wow. Or something. And I'll hear myself re-engaging and I'll be like, like Allison, what are you doing? You want to get off of the phone just get off the phone. It's like I'm my own worst enemy because I he he's not giving me any outs, but I and I'm not insisting. I'm just like letting this conversation slowly carry me to the grave. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing is and somebody made a point in here that you're not the person being rude. The person right. who is ignoring all of your signs 
and the person who is taking disrespecting your time and also kind mm-hmm. of disrespecting you socially by not letting you get a word in edgewise or not asking how your day was or having a reciprocal conversation they're being rude so yeah. it's just how you get you know get get out of their face is the point the um, thing that's tough with things like this though is that i think that in gen- tell me if you agree with this like i feel like in general the more mature person has to kind of yield to or oftentimes yields to the more immature person the more enlightened person yields to the less enlightened like oftentimes that's kind of how it go the more aware person maybe yields is the wrong word but like like kind of cares for the less aware person and so when you're dealing with someone who's like prattling on and on there I don't think they're trying to be rude they clearly you you're aware that like oh they don't get how rude they're being and if you're someone like me I'm always like how sad that they don't get this basic thing and in some way they're like driving people away and it like almost makes me even though I like want to pull my hair out it makes me have some kind of compassion for them and then I never want to see them again because I'm like I can't handle this situation yeah, see, what's worse, you know, just ending the right. friendship or, <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, the worst person to have to deal with this with is a coworker. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously maybe a spouse, it would be terrible, but at a certain point you could just tell your spouse, shut up, please stop. But a coworker, Wait. someone you're stuck with every day. And there was this gal I used to work with and she talked so much that nobody wanted to go out to lunch with her because she just the whole lunch to be seven people talking and she just monologue about the most inane stuff like oh yeah my boyfriend my boyfriend's cheating on me right now but he's cheated on me like 17 <laughs> times before and he just loves cheating and i found in his phone one of these people and it would just go on and on and then you go why don't you just break up with him break up <laughs> with him and then it goes back that you know what he did for me the other day, and then it would this this would just go on, and it would like I would want to self emulate. I'd be like the monk on the cover of the Rage Against the Machine album uh-huh. for all the kids out there, just douse myself on fire. Yeah, right here in the middle of Medicino Farms in Venice Beach. So eventually, we would ha- in a work email, we would all email each other. Oh no, to leave her out. Yes, but what we do is we'd all individually leave lunch at a different time. See, now she's like the, the, she's ruling the office. Yes. Even, even in silence, she, she rules the office. So this was just unbelievable. Just the, the way that this person was completely unaware of their talking and how it was really ruining everyone's mental health. Was it that she wouldn't stop talking or was it specifically what she was talking about, though? Oh, it was a lot it, it, it was terrible, trashy stuff in abundance, you know? <laughs> I See, I would like to hear some of it. The worst conversationalists are the people go in-depth about people who you don't know. Yes. But they don't, but they mention them as if you know them. Yes. They neglect to, like, explain who they are. Oh, boy. And, you know, there's no point in the world where either you or I would be out in public and be too chatty, the people who do the podcast. 
No, no. I can't imagine us ever doing anything that anyone would ever find problematic. Upworthy Weekly. I think it's me. Uh, So a TikTok creator hilariously educates himself and others on the care required for female anatomy. Todd, you have a wife. Um, So perhaps you know a bit about the uterus and what goes into and is, you know, involved in having a uterus and what female anatomy is like and sort of what happens every month and what it feels like and all that. But plenty of dudes out there are people who don't have uteruses and whatnot. Uh, It's really mysterious for them. They really don't get it. I remember years ago, I had a woman, a friend on my podcast. Her name is Elizabeth Lame. She is a podcaster as well. And there were mostly dudes on my podcast. And she said that one of her favorite questions is, ask a guy when someone has their period, how many tampons they go through like in a day on their period or how frequently they change their tampon. And these were young guys on the podcast. And the answers, it was very enlightening in terms of how little they knew. Mm. Do you have a sense of it? Like how frequently a tampon is changed? Well, I mean, that that depends on what color we'll, we're dealing with because mm. I I often get sent to the store and it's like, buy the purple ones yeah. or buy the orange ones. And then sometimes they switch up the box on you and yeah. it's like, well, this is a predominantly, there's a variety pack, but it's not orange, but it's kind of yellowish. You know? I know they really need to standardize it. It needs to be like traffic lights. But anyway, there were like some theories that like maybe you go through one tampon a period. And <laughs> I mean, it was. But so anyway, these were like, you know, they did not. They, they were not. They were in their early 20s. But so anyway, uh, there is a TikTok creator named Darius Covington who uh, spins, he's been seeking out this otherwise secret info and he covers it in a very respectful and genuine way. And he asks his mostly female followers what he should learn. And then he researches this info and presents the info. Uh, And while learning about the process a body goes through to give birth, he bewilderingly looks at the camera and says, you choose to go through this process more than once, sometimes more than twice. Uh, And it's the oddest reactions and genuine curiosity that keep people coming back. So he does these videos um, just where he kind of it's it's very charming and very infectious he has this very sweet way of you know present like kind of guileless of of presenting this info about you know the female experience um and I have to say as someone with a uterus I find it very validating this you know he did there was this one TikTok video about how doctors now say that the pain of menstrual cramps is on par with the pain of a heart attack and he's which uh and and he says that you know he thought that maybe you get a cramp and then like an hour later you get another cramp but to learn that it's like no it's like continuous throughout the day and also the childbirth stuff um that also is very validating because i remember as elliot my first was coming out of my body i remember thinking i will never do this again i will never do this again and then I remember like eight days later or 10 days later, I started thinking about the next time I do this, here's how I want it to be different. 
And it was like so fascinating the way biology just kind of came in and changed my thinking on that. Because I was certain I was never going to do it again. And it was like watching a memory like shift in front of me. It was so weird. Um, I, my, it's such, my, a, it's oh. such a weird experience. Sorry. Sorry to. No, no, no. Go ahead. Uh, my, you know, my wife and I, we said that, you know, I, yeah, we think that we evolved to forget all of what happens in the first year and a half having a kid. Because yeah. that, so that, so that way you do it again. Because really, there's some stuff I look at photos and be like, he didn't look like that. Or yeah. I'll forget. Or my wife will be like, remember that night when you had to sit and rock the kid for two hours at, you know, starting at three in the morning to five to get. The-? And I'm like, I don't remember that. And I think mm-hmm. it's that it's the fog of war that remember this. Remember, you know, don't forget that moment. Whenever you're feeling frisky, take a cold <laughs> shower because you saw what that did to me. Oh, right. I have audio of this guy talking about periods. Oh, great. Let's hear it. Doctors have finally ruled menstrual cramps as painful as heart attacks. Heart attacks. I remember the last time I stubbed my toe. Forget a heart attack. I thought I died. I thought I was actually dead. I thought I needed to be revived. I thought I needed CPR. I thought I needed to be electrocuted to come back to life. I thought I needed something. Y'all walk around having a heart attack. For days at a time. Are y'all okay? Like, I just don't get it. So you wake up, you work, you clean, you cook, you drive. And y'all are having period pains that feel like a heart attack. I mean, most women... Yeah, we are... We're heroes. Most women but Allison. I've never heard you talk about cooking, cleaning, driving. I don't... I don't... I like to avoid all of them. Yeah. Um, I did a, I did some light cleaning last night, and I even did some light cooking recently. And uh, I will be a passenger in a car today, so that counts. You know, what I've always assumed, now you tell me if I'm wrong, that having a period feels like after get, you get kicked in the nuts, and then there's a, a lingering pain... Like getting kicked in the nuts pain because I think nuts are kind of like ovaries, right? Sure. And after so so maybe like it feels like if you got kicked in the ovaries, then you get this like feeling. You get the initial contact pain, and then you you go oh wait for it, and then it's about twenty seconds later. This pain goes from your knees to your diaphragm. I'm talking breathing diaphragm. And mm-hmm. it just overtakes the body as this kind of semi-crampy feeling that kind of, it's like, uh, uh, uh. it's kind of like a- Is it like, like a nauseating feeling? It's like nausea and diarrhea mixed together. And then you just- Oh, kinda, yes. Oh, so- Yeah, that sounds like cramp. I mean, I, it sounds per- potentially, obviously I've never been kicked in the nuts, but it sounds potentially similar to menstrual cramps. So we're having a moment of intergender understanding right here? Yes, I think we might be. I know. Is there like a squeezing feeling to it? Yeah. It does feel like a little bit like a, a squeeze. It's like a it's like a hug from the devil on a good day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So now how long does that last for you though? 
I mean, depending on how strong the kick is, like my my kid, he can deliver quite a hit. Uh, frequently gives a headbutt to the crotch area. As I said, when you have a five year old or a six year old child, the best thing to do is just wear a cup all day. Uh, but it, it it hurts. It hurts for a good thirty seconds. Right. So just imagine that for like a number of days, unrelenting for a number of days. Upworthy Weekly. If you're ready to be more productive and efficient in your mornings, listen up. Stop wasting time scrolling through endless articles online or getting lost in your email inbox trying to keep up with the day's news. Instead, listen to all the news you need in just about 10 minutes a day with the Newsworthy Podcast. Not only are we fast, we also focus on staying fair and factual. So if you want to be informed, not influenced, the Newsworthy is here for you. And because we cover a wide variety of stories from politics to tech to even entertainment, it's not just the doom and gloom stuff. Never feel uninformed, overwhelmed, or annoyed by the news again. Listen to one of the fastest-growing daily news podcasts recommended by the likes of Harper's Bazaar and Podcast Magazine. In fact, Fast Company called the newsworthy 10 minutes of well-spent listening and said the tone is fair, effortless, friendly, and trustworthy. Simply search for The Newsworthy in your podcast app right now to subscribe and listen for free. Search for The Newsworthy to get fast, fair, fun news of the day with The Newsworthy. Compelling video explains why MTV gave up on music and eventually became irrelevant. Now, it's always funny. You always hear from people, I miss when MTV played music. Oh, MTV was great when it played music. But this guy actually made a really cool video explaining how actually MTV playing music wasn't a winner for it because you'd sit there and you go, oh, cool, David Bowie. And you'd watch like, oh, he's, you know, he's singing, you know, Let's Dance or something. And then next it would be like, oh, Dire Straits, F this. And, you know, because back then they only played white artists, you know, mm-hmm. but if, which David Bowie called them out for, which was great. Uh, but and so then MTV had to find out other types of programming. They eventually put in there, like they had remote control, the first like video their game show. But anyway, MTV kind of evolved over the years. But the guy made a very interesting point in saying that it maintained relevancy for three generations until it didn't. So like first you had, you know, Gen X people like uh, people like Allison and I. And we, we liked it for the music. And then also they had like, you know, uh, you know, Yo! MTV Raps and Headbangers Ball with Ricky Rackman. Uh, and so, you know, there was Unplugged, Yo! MTV Raps for, for folks like Allison and I. 120 minutes. Yeah. Hey, this is Matt Penfield. And all of this is, <laughs> goes back to the Pixies, you know. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then by the time Millennials came of age, it was, it, they had a, its focus was its big show. The flagship show was TRL, where you got your Backstreet Boys and your P Diddy right. back when he was a Carson Daly. Yeah, and then you know you had the Osbournes and Jackass. So you know through millennials, MTV was still totally as relevant as it was to Gen X, I think. And then when the G- millennials got a little older, the and the older Gen Z kind of bonded over like. The Hills, Teen Mom, George, Jersey Shore, which I'm sure you still continued to watch, Allison. I did watch Jersey Shore. Yes, I did. So, but then, right around 2011, things started to change a bit. And then we're going to, exp- 
they explain this guy explain here explains what happens but it really hits a bottom at like 2016 but MTV lost their identity. In 2010, they dropped the music television branding. So now MTV didn't actually stand for anything. Before, the network appealed to music listeners. Sure, the reality shows brought in the dollars, but the music videos and the music shows kept that reminder that we are a music-based network that also dips into other areas of pop culture. After 2010, it was the opposite. They only appealed to a mainstream pop culture audience and didn't have any music-related stuff to fall back on. Which is all good, but keeps this insane amount of pressure for the network to constantly be cutting edge, producing the hottest show that kids around the world are identifying with. You see, before social media, whatever MTV put on was what defined us. Now with Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and every teenager having access to the entire internet at their fingertips, kids became influenced by so many other things. Teenagers are now more individualistic, not just identifying and buying into whatever is fed to them. Instead of adapting, it seems like MTV just kind of wrote out what was working. They strung along together another season of Catfish, another Teen Mom, another Jersey Shore off. They stopped innovating, not even trying any music-related shows since they dropped the branding. Plus, the world was moving at a much faster pace. By the time they came up with an idea, cast, shoot, edit, and release a show, it could be irrelevant to the kids. TV networks weren't taking YouTube and Instagram seriously enough. Upworthy Weekly. It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. All right, we're going to do a Rate Your Week lightning round here. On a scale of one to five, one being terrible and five being transplended. Allison Rosen, Rate Your Week. Uh, I'm going to give this week a a 3.5. I did not get enough sleep, but overall, it was a pretty good week. Are you a better person than you were last week? You know, I'm going to say that I am uh, because I did a podcast where I got into a debate with someone about the pronunciation of words. This comes up on my podcast a lot. Uh, I'm like fascinated by the way to me, Dawn, the woman's name and Dawn, the man's name are pronounced the exact same way. Mary, Mary and Mary. It's all one sound. Um, And I encounter people who it's like very different and uh it was this guy who's from canada he's a a wrestler rj city he's like very amusing and witty and he was jokingly saying like well that's because i'm unsophisticated and uh i normally i even though it was all in jest normally i would like push back against that but i actually for the first time like again it's all in jest but i considered that you know maybe he has a point maybe it is more sophisticated for your brain and your ears to be able to identify more vowel sounds. And I was like, I was like, I, this is my, this is why. And I even mentioned it on the podcast, this segment on Alison Rosen's your best friend. I'm like, you know, I am a better person because for the first time I'm opening myself up to the idea that this could be some kind of shortcoming in me that I can only hear this one vowel sound when there are more vowel sounds in the world. So yeah, I'm a better person in that I'm willing to admit that I could grow where vowel sounds are concerned. Todd. So strong. So I know, strong. Isn't it? I, I tr- I've, I've really taken a step forward. I'm humbled by your strength. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm brave. Uh, Todd, 
on a scale of one to five, one being just in the toilet, five being transplendent. How was your week? Uh, I'm going to give it a uh, three uh, because I had a great Father's Day, went out and played some golf uh, with with the friends and just had a a wonderful day. And my wife got me a really awesome uh, uh, Father's Day gift. And I had a great Father's Day dinner with my family. And so, yeah, that was just wonderful. But and are, it would, oh, oh, sorry, but it, it would be like a four. But today has been such a terrible day. Oh, my God. <laughs> it got good once we started recording, Allison. I got to give you that. Thank you. Uh, and are you a better person? No, because tomorrow I go on vacation and it's a much needed vacation. But still, I have not grown enough as a person to be able to take a vacation without fe- feeling guilty, which I should not do. Which maybe it's because I'm an American. I probably... Probably. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to What's This Wrong Show, Upworthy Weekly. Uh, thank you, Allison Rosen. Thank you, Todd. And thank you, listeners. Oh, I've cut you off so many times today. No, it's a, it's a bit of a rough day. No worries. All right. Leave us a review, eh? Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week. <laughs>